<laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 139 of Reviews from the Crawl Space. Over there, saying nothing, is Vicky. Hello. And right here, saying all the stuff, is Douglas. <laughs> and on this podcast, what we always do on the show that you always tune into, same thing as always, we listen and review three vinyl from an inherited collection, and those three are random. We don't curate them in any way, they're just whatever... Whatever three is next in the, in, in the line, we pull it out and we listen to it. Sometimes I wish we could curate them. Well, then this <laughs> podcast would be long since it's over. <laughs> yeah. Out the window, out the window, like, out the window. Oh, this one looks good. Out the window, out the window. In the end, it would be like 50 albums we would have reviewed and then it would be over. <laughs> Instead of 139 times three? Lots. Lots and lots. Uh, you have a, a few different ways to follow us along besides listening to us here. If you're ever wondering what what the music we're talking about sounds like, whip over to Spotify and do a search for reviews from the crawlspace, so RFTCS. And when you do a search for RFTCS, switch over to playlists and you will be there. And then we call it RFTCS Radio. And then we've gone through and, and curated that list. Yes. From this collection. So that 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 list really represents... And we're picky buggers. Yes, we are. And it's, it's a good list too. Yes, I agree. So right there is the first place I'd send people. And if you'd like to see what we're working on currently and past episodes, a link to past episodes, uh, Instagram is reviews from the crawl space is one block or one word or whatever. And Twitter is at RFTCS1. And kind of a similar idea. Instagram seems to be more focused on like the, the covers, what we're, what we're working on right now and the past. Where with Twitter, besides besides being updated to when new episodes are coming out, uh, there's a bit more modern and general music information that we do there. I mean, yeah. Stuff we're listening to right now that's not related to this or whatever. Yeah. Retweets, all that kind of stuff. So We have a social media presence. We do, and I don't probably don't spend enough time um, using them or doing anything, engaging with them in particular. But <laughs> if you would like to contact us for whatever reason, we do would get them at either Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, and there's also a... Um, and Spotify. Linktree. 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 Uh, that sh that will lead you to all of the episodes on all three formats that we've been on <coughs> yeah. in the five or six years that we've been doing this, and it will take it will give you a link to the pay the playlist, and it will give take you to our email address. Yeah, as well. exa exactly. So everything there, you can contact us, follow us. It's it's all there, and it's all you set up for you. You can find us. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing too, I want to say, if you're listening to us, you know. <clears throat> It's, it might sound like we've, we've been able to stay away from the Rona, but it's just really, we're in the middle of spring. Uh, that, it seems like winter, actually, but spring, there's tons of pollen, and any time I'm even near outside, I get some fresh air. It's just like insta-wheeze. Yeah. It's, it's thick out there right now, very yeah. thick. So if you're hearing us, you know, wheezing away here, that's why we're fine. We just got the allergies. We mask up everywhere we go, and we stay take... Stay very good care not to catch it mm -hmm. but unfortunately the pollen gets you anyway yeah so that, that's what we're dealing with right now we haven't seen anybody in three years <laughs> nobody that's right <laughs> don't even look at people walking by the window outside yeah okay uh speaking of three what do you got okay today the three albums that we have to talk about are the climax blues band call an album called gold plated mm -hmm. Another album by Sean Phillips, who we just reviewed a couple of weeks ago, yep. called Faces, 
and a band from the 70s called Crawler and their debut album, Crawler. Yeah, well, that makes it easy. Self-titled. Yeah. Okay, so first up, Climax Blues Band. Like I said, this is the second album that we uh, have reviewed by them. The first one was called Shine On, released in 1978, and we reviewed it in episode 83 um, oh, on that, our anchor. That long ago, hey? Yep, March oh, okay. of 2021, it says. Okay. Uh, both of us rated the album three out of five. Oh, oh. So, favorable reviews. Despite the fact that we poop on blues albums all the time. Yeah, blues rock albums. Uh, we like this one. Yeah. Well, we like that uh, one. That one. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to wait and see if we like this one. We okay. Don't. We don't. <laughs> Originally known as the wait. Climax. Or do we? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Originally known as the Climax Chicago Blues Band, they're a British blues rock band formed in 1967 by vocalist and a harmonica player Colin Cooper, guitarist and vocalist Pete Haycock, guitarist Derek Holt, bassist and keyboardist Richard Jones, drummer George Newsom, and keyboardist Arthur Woods. They shortened their name to Climax Blues Band in 1972. Gold Plated was their ninth studio album released in 1976. It went to number 56 on the UK album charts and to number 27 in the US becoming their highest-selling sell album in both regions. Hmm. It also featured their hit, Couldn't Get It Right. Although many of the original band are no longer with us, they are still active today. Okay. Uh, producer, the band itself, and a fellow by the name of Mike Vernon, a British producer, engineer, musician, and music exec. He has 745 producing credits to his name, David Poey, 10 years after. Wow. John Mayle, Fleetwood Mac, Savoy Brown, Focus. He has been on the show before with us with Focus Dutch Masters. Yeah, okay. And he also did Black Magic Woman by Fleetwood Mac. I Wait. don't know whether that's just specifically the song. No, that's the, I don't that's think the, there, that's the there was an album called Black Magic Woman. We reviewed it not long ago. Okay, and that's what I figured. Just uh, yeah, it was a double album, live album, I think. That's right. It was Fleetwood Mac before it was Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, it was the last. I think it was the a, current iteration. I think it was like the last one of the last albums before they switched to they purged the. I think it was the last album before they purged the band. Yeah, I th you're right. Now it's all coming back to yeah. me. Track listing on this album: Side A, Together and Free, Mighty Fire, Chasing Change, and Berlin Blues. Side B is Couldn't Get It Right. Uh, which actually was the only single released off this album. It went to number eight in Canada, number three in the U.S., and number ten in the U.K. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I mean, it's a good example. If you whip over to our uh, our radio station playlist, you can check it out there. Just a good chance you, you've probably heard it before. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorites of theirs. Uh, Rolling Home, Savory Gravy, which was my most favorite song <laughs> on this album. <laughs> And extra. The runtime on this album was 31 minutes and 50 seconds. For context, if you're a Climax Blues Band uh, fan, the before album was called Stamp Album, released in 1975, and the after album was called Shine On, which we reviewed covered, yeah. um, already, um, on, in, was released in 1978. Okay. So you might as well take a crack at it. You might as well take a go. I like this album. Again, surprisingly, a blues band. 
Yeah, well, and it's funny. I'm, I'm glad we didn't like. I mean, you looked up what we gave the the last time we review, which would but the which would be the album after this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we didn't look to see what we got to say because it probably just re- repeating quite a bit of it. But uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you that uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty good album for because, like you say, we generally don't. I wouldn't say we don't like uh, the the blues rock albums that come on here. There's just so many of them that yeah, so much, so many mediocre ones. So. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with you that um, it's nice that we we actually have one that we both like here again. I mean, like I said, this is obviously the second time we've given these guys a favorable review. What I like about it is that it's not just, especially this album. Now, I know that they've started, this album has kind of moved away from some of their earlier stuff. But uh, Focus is a little more, I don't want to say just funk, but it's a lot more funk, funk blues in there. Yeah. And it... I think that really helps. I mean, they still have enough variety because they actually have like a, like blues blues songs, but mostly it's yeah, it's like rock blues funk, and I really like the funk a- aspect of it. The, the bass playing's fantastic, and uh, definitely it adds. The people say that it's not as fast or as up tempo as it was before, and I, I'll probably, but I like the the way it's done with the funk elements and the blues. Actually, I think it's heavier in some places than than as opposed to fast, which is fine because that's how I like the metal. The metal doesn't have to be fast; it can be heavy, and it's kind of what I like. This is because it's kind of heavy, and then they whip out that on the second side, they whip out their big hit, which is like I said, it's been. It's oh yeah, been, that's a staple. Yeah, it's been played everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's been on a million soundtracks, and uh, I'm surprised it hasn't shown up in a James Gunn movie yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Guardians Three, because that would be perfect in those movies. Yes, it would be. <clears throat> called couldn't get it right and then um, you get savory gravy <laughs> yeah <laughs> savory gravy and uh, yeah you love that one you said that right you right, uh, right away you were like oh, i enjoy that song for whatever reason the innuendos and, yeah yeah uh, there's a bunch of innuendos make a meal of me yeah yeah there's a bunch of stuff and like there's that, a little yeah. bit of uh, that wah-wah that peter frampton used yeah a little of the wah pedal in that, the background yeah a little that kind of like which voice gives stuff. it a little bit of a different sound well that's what i mean yeah that's, that's what i mean they have different elements in here that's not just fucking screeching saxophone and just the same blues oh it's another thing too there's no fucking covers which is a huge problem with a lot of the blues albums that we listen to was like most of them are just covers of other bands yeah and they don't do that in here they have their elements they clearly the chicago blues i mean that definitely kind of pops up in well it says berlin blues but something like that um a little bit of rolling home but uh i would the songs that stand out did i even write them down i didn't even write them down wow crazy Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong album. <laughs> the wrong titles. No, that's the right one. Yeah. Okay, good. The Crawler one, uh, sorry, when I was looking at them, kind of confused. The Crawler one, they kind of have similar... Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. ...color schemes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I obviously... No, it shows the saxophone on the back, but honestly, I don't remember hearing. There was... Maybe in one song? Well, yeah, one or two songs, that was it, and it was really, it was really subdued. It wasn't like, blast your face off. Um... Because so, that's generally what turns it off. Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. And in this one, it only had a couple songs, and like it, it wasn't overpowering. So, Together and Free, Mighty Fire, right away, one and two, right off the top. And then, of course, Couldn't Get It Right. I think Rolling Home, Rolling Home's a good a good one, and Savory Gravy. Extras is all right. You you would like the bass line off of Extra. Yeah. It's a, it was a fast stuff. Yeah, it's real, it was funky. Funky, yeah, it is. <laughs> Funk plays a, a big part of this. This album is yeah. kind of a change, so... Yeah, and both of us were convinced, even the first time that reviewed 
that we reviewed the Climax Blues Band, we were both convinced they were Canadian. Yeah, we thought they were Canadian. We'd had the same conversation again this time, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, nope, British. Eh, it was a year ago, close I enough. guess. So. British, British, British colony, close enough. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, not that I can think of, no. Anything you need to add? No, I'll talk about uh, the mix a bit, but I uh, just want to say that the, what's nice about this one, too, and I'll actually say this about the other ones, is that the, the, there was actually bass in this one. While the mix wasn't necessarily the best, this one you could actually hear the bass driving certain things, and it, especially in an album where you're having a, a lot of funk, you should be able to hear that fucking bass. Yeah, definitely. So It should be rocking, for yeah. sure. So, uh, okay. So gold-plated. Climax Blues Band. Sire Records, catalog 9147-7523. Canada, 1976. This is an original pressing, blah, blah, blah. Gonna get some water from you here. Yeah. It's gatefold. Condition, the cover's okay. It needs a repair. It's got a broken glue on one side. Otherwise, it's all, it's like it's got normal fade and wear, like from where you'd have it in the collection. But other than that, other than fixing the one bit of glue right there it's actually in pretty good condition you can read the spine I'm, i'll take that every day uh where are we at the sleeves plain paper it's not in the greatest condition but it's plain paper who knows where it's from the vinyl's actually good there's a few there's a few scuffs on both sides but nothing that affects the playback at all and it is a tiny little bit dirty but other than that there's no scratches nothing that would affect anything uh, and the audio for the most part, it has a relatively, it's a kind of a weird one, it has a relatively flat mix, and it can sound kind of squished, but it has bass, which is nice, and you can hear everything nice and, nice and clear, and uh, I will say, it's kind of one of those ones where the, the, the hit song here, Couldn't Get It Right, is clearly fucking mastered or mixed differently than like all the other songs, because that one song doesn't have the issues. It's it's properly EQ'd. It just doesn't sound squished. Yeah. It sounds nice and open. And uh, so it's just kind of interesting how that's popped up. And I noticed it quite clear again this time around. Yeah, and that's a good fast driving song too. Yeah, yeah, it's a good driving <laughs> song, yeah. For sure. And it's mixed well. So front cover by David Jackson. Back cover. There we go. By Jill. Is it back cover? Yeah, back cover. Jill... For Ma oh my god, I did this a million times. I had the name down. I even looked it up. Fermanovsky. Fermanovsky, yeah. Okay, Fermanovsky. We'll go with that. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, Ian Hessenberg and the layout by John Cuffley. So, David, visual artist, painter, four credits, two Jethro Tull albums, and a 70s rock compilation called uh, the, the Guinness Album. Various artists, just a compilation, probably like radio hits, repackaged. Maybe you got it free with beer, I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd get it. Uh, Jill, a British photog with 268 visual credits on the show before, once before, with Bad Company's Bad Co, uh, Bad Company, Bad Co, Bad Co. Yeah. Uh, other credits, uh, artists. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm really dry. <clears throat> Which is weird because it's fucking raining and it's damp in here. So uh, other artists, uh, Wishbone Ash, David Gilmore, and The Stranglers. Um, yeah, she, she's quite well known for her photos of rock musicians and artists and fashion photography and shit like that. I'm sure I've gone through, I went through it before, the last time she was on the show with Bad yeah. Company, which yeah. was forever ago. So Yeah, it was a long time ago. Or it uh, seems like it. Uh, Ian, this is his only, only credit. And John, 
who's actually John Cuffley, I think he's a band member. Yeah, drums. He's a drummer. He's got two two visual credits. This one and uh, Climax's uh, Shine On, which we also covered. So there. Drumming and doing covers. So he must have been a different drummer from uh, the original band. Well, it's right here. Because I have it listed as... John Cuffley, Drums Percussion. Yeah, I have it listed as the, the band was started by... Richard Jones. Keyboard. Richard Jones on here says keyboards, guitar, vocals. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, baby. I'm just going by the vinyl. What the vinyl's telling me. <laughs> and that's going to be... Maybe that's... I just have everything all rammed together. That's and... the holy grail right there. Is okay. Whatever information is on the back of here. Is, yes, I totally agree is, with you. Is gospel, to use more religious terms. I totally agree with you. Okay, wrap it up. Uh, Discogs. Well, this part, anyway. It gets rated 3.66 with five people rating it. Uh, resale value on this album is $2, $4.08, and $12.59. Hmm. So, yeah, pretty normal. Yeah. I give it a 3 out of 5. Yeah, I give it the same as you. <laughs> it's so weird, you know, two, two of these, we'll call them the CBBs. Yeah. With two CBBs, and we've given them three both times, and like, like you said, not bad considering that we both shit on it. The first time we're like, oh, I don't want to listen to these guys. And then enjoyed the album yeah. twice. And in fact, I don't, like I said, I don't recall the review, but for some reason I really think this one was better. And I enjoyed it. Even though we gave the same same review, I think this yeah, one was better. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that I remember talking about the fact that... From start to finish is better. Too bad this album, the first one, didn't have, couldn't get it right. Oh, right, yes. We, t- we talked yeah. about... Oh, fuck, yeah, that's totally something I wanted to bring up about this one, too, was that you're always, that's one thing you're always kind of complaining about is that we have these artists on here that you know and love, but it's never the album with the fucking song. Yeah. With the songs yeah. that you want to hear. It's always yeah. like these junk albums that are like, oh, they were too drugged out and couldn't come up with something. <laughs> so it's nice to actually get one that has the hit. It has the hit, yeah. That, that people know, that oh, we yeah. know. I could listen to that song all day long. Yeah, there's, there's at least two of those songs that are familiar. So, yeah, three as well. So there you go. And I'll be putting Savory Gravy on my playlist. My own personal your own, playlist. Your own playlist. Okay. Yeah. All right. Climax down. CBB down. Alrighty. So next up, Sean Phillips, uh, the album called Faces. This is the second yep. uh, Sean Phillips album that we have reviewed. We did Bright Light that was released in 1973 on episode 136. So just, just a couple, three weeks ago. Um... So he's an American singer, songwriter, and musician, primarily influential in the 60s and 70s. He's rooted in folk rock, mm-hmm. but is also influenced by jazz fusion and funk. The album Faces was released in 1972. It went to number 57 in the U.S. and 38 in the U.S. <laughs> that can't be right. U.K.? Probably. Yeah. Uh, producer Jonathan Weston, 27 producing credits to his name, mostly Sean Phillips albums. Yeah. And he's been on the show before because he also produced Bright Light. Track listing, side A, landscape. L, ballad, the letter L in quotation marks, ballad. Hey, Miss Lonely, chorale. Mm-hmm. B, Parisian Plate 2, We, and Yellow. And yellow, yeah, and yellow, which is just in brackets. Uh, where you are. Where you are. And I took a walk. The runtime is 45 minutes, 13 seconds. For context, 
The Before album was Collaboration, in 19, released in 1971. Hmm. The After album was Bright Light, 1973. Okay, so yeah, once again, it's another one of those ones where I don't think we gave the, the first album with us to a variable. Two. We gave, we gave a, a yeah, we favorable ranked, review, sorry. We ranked it two. Two, yeah, and, and I kind of agree with that where I actually... I actually enjoyed this album. Yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot more Especially than the first the one. Especially the more we listened to it, the more it was like, hmm, that's actually kind of fucking good. Yeah. And to, you know, the same thing that we said in the review a couple of weeks ago, his voice is amazing. Yeah, he's got a great and voice. He's, he's no got a, a seven octave range or something. Yeah, yeah. He, he really some stretches crazy his, thing like that. He really gets up and down in this one. That's for and sure. And he really, he really shows it off. Yeah, totally. And not just that, he's got an excellent band. We're very good musicians, but he also... He himself with it was a pretty prolific session musician. Oh, was he? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It, it, they're all very good in that regard, and it's it's mixed and engineered very, very, very well. It actually reminded me of a Moody Blues mix. It had, had that kind of, like, depth and scope and, <clears throat> and scale, because and actually some of it kind of reminded me of the Moody Blues a little bit itself, and the way it's done. There's a little bit of folk rock in there. There's some prog rock. Like, this album, it's, it's fucking crazy, because... It starts off with Landscapes, which is a very good song, but it's super chill. Yeah. It's a super calm, chill song. And then it kind of has that. He kind of then, the Hey Miss Lonely is kind of like a super poppy, that choral one or whatever. That's the one where he really starts to stretch his legs with his voice. Yeah, He's definitely. Like up, up and down. Yeah. And that one's like a good seven minutes long or yes, something Yes, that one's like seven minutes. Yep, yeah. seven minutes. And once again, very, like very chill music. Yeah. And then you come up with uh, Parisian Plight 2, which is like, uh, is honestly the best song. And so for me, it's like Landscapes is, is there. But this one, 13 minutes long. It's got a bit of a crazy opening. But man, once it gets into it, it's fucking funky. It's got, uh, it's proggy. Some, it's some harder breaks in there. It's a really good song. Steve Winwood on the organ and the keys. Yep. So, and apparently uh, we didn't get, we didn't get to it all the way the last time, but uh I Took a Walk, apparently, is uh, one that seems to be popular amongst people. The song, I Took a Walk. Oh, interesting. So. Okay. Yeah, there's some there's some good stuff on here. And the more we listen to it, like, and that's another thing, too, about this, is that it doesn't have just one note. It doesn't have one kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I talk about the folk rock, the, the chill stuff, and it has, like, one of these songs on the first side is, like, a country, twangy country ballad thing. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's nothing boring. It, it, I will say that it kind of requires a little bit of work. Like when you're first listening to this album, because you're like, at first, what the fuck? But it's worth it. And uh, yeah, actually, like I said, I end up really enjoying it. Yeah. And the more we listen yeah. to it particularly. Yeah, and I feel the same way about it. I mean, it's there's no question that the guy has chops in both the singing and the playing department. Yeah, and so... And he actually, uh, if I remember correctly from the last episode that we reviewed if, with him... Uh, is that he actually co-wrote a couple of songs with Donovan? Yes, Mellow Yellow and yeah, some of his bigger hits. Yeah, and yeah. he's played with some pretty big names. He's appeared on their albums, so he's uh, a force to be reckoned with in the music world. Yeah, that's weird that you know, kind of going backwards that we, like I said, the other album we gave it to, we were just like whatever, we didn't dig it, but this one is totally opposite. I don't know what. And I think they were like chronologically this one first, and then the next, the one we reviewed next. It's yeah. like so. I don't know what he did there, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and it was the same producer, so yeah, hmm. I'm not sure what yeah, the difference is. Maybe we need to go back and listen to the other one again. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, and a very good mix on this one too. Not the other one had a bad mix, but no. Uh, faces: Sean Phillips, Andem Records, Catalog SP four three six three, Canada nineteen seventy two. It is an original pressing. The condition cover have good, very good. The only, I mean, obviously it's got a little bit of wear. The only issue I can, I have is the spine, and it's just like you can still read it, but it's starting it's starting to fade a little bit, but. Honestly, other than that, it's a very it's a very solid, thick. I like. I wish more covers were like that, actually. And coloring on the front page, the print. Front yes, cover. somebody did that. My mom disavows knowledge of this album. Ah, we don't remember this album. That's something exactly she would do: is draw on the fucking album covers. <laughs> We've seen it. We have precedent for it. But uh, but yeah, most of it came off when I wiped it, but not all of it. Yeah. So and you can definitely feel the the ridges in there. Okay, it's sleeve is original. It's printed. It doesn't have lyrics. Uh, it's mostly just advertisements for, for A and M A and M stuff. Oh, they did that a lot back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm hit and miss. I would rather have some lyrics. To tell you the truth. Yeah, me too. <laughs> or if you want to give me some advertisement, put it as a separate sleeve insert or a separate just an insert. Yeah, I can remember like my dad bought a lot of jazz albums back in the day, and I can remember a lot of them were put out by A and M. And just other ads for other yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can remember that. Uh, the so vinyl, sorry, uh, the vinyl is very good. I was one of the heavier grain albums that we've done in a long time. Very thick. Uh, it needs a little bit of a clean. I gave it one, but it needs a little bit better. But other than that, very good. Still got some sharp edges on it. Uh, the audio, once again, I've already said it, is excellent overall. It's a very good mix, very good sound field, uh, very good dynamics. And it's one thing that kind of misses from some of the newer music is the dynamics because this guy, not just his voice, but the music, it's real, you know, like I said, real quiet, almost ambient, and then it can, it can jump right up real quick. And yeah. it really is impactful when it does. So, yeah, excellent stuff there. Like I said, and I actually brought it down, it reminds me of a Moody Blues album, the way it sounded. Art Direction by Roland Young. Artwork Front by Anthony Christensen Howard. And Artwork Back by George Bartell. So Roland, American art director, photog, and designer, 456 credits, a good friend of the show, because he's been on the show with Billy Preston's I Wrote a Simple Song, Valdi's Countryman, Valdi's See How the Years Have Gone By, which is really just fucking Countryman, and Krista Berg's yeah. Spanish Train. So that, those are the ones I could just find, but going through real quick. Probably. Interesting, kind of all the same genre of music, I guess. Yeah, it has a wheelhouse. Not the same genre, but there's an area. Um, so, uh, Anthony, you got two credits to this, and <laughs> I actually wrote down, ew, Gary Glitter. I don't um, even like saying it. Have we have, have we read No, okay. I would never. If it was, if there was something about Gary Glitter in there, I'd fucking smash it before I'd ever look at it. Yeah, set it on fire. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, and George Bartell, American illustrator with 45 credits. This is the first time on the show. Other credits of his include uh, work with Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, and Jimi Hendrix. Mm. So cool. A little bit of cover there, and there's some even weirder ones there, but that's fine. Sinatra and Hendrix. Okay, so according to Discogs, it gets rated 3.64 out of 5 by 11 people. Resale value on this album is $2.58, $3.29, and $4. Hmm. I gave it 3 out of 5. <laughs> yeah, and not to, not to keep it boring, but me too. Yeah, I've added a couple of songs to our radio station, and like, yeah, there's, there's some good stuff to be had on there, and it's uh, 
pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah. Sean Phillips down. Yeah, it's a weird one. I never, like... There's two bands right there. I never would have thought. But right, let's think to it again. It's no, like, in fact, when we down. pulled them out, we were just like, ah. <laughs> and it turned out to be quite surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. All so right. Far. So far. So far, yeah. <laughs> Last but not least. Or Crawler. is it? Yeah. <laughs> Crawler and their self-titled album, Crawler. So... Crawler was a British heavy rock band formed in the late 70s as an offshoot of Backstreet Crawler following the death of Peter Kossoff, one of the founding members. Now, Peter Kossoff was an English blues guitarist known mainly as the co-founder of the English band Free. Oh, Free, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the band decided once he died, the, band's de the band decided to move both to another record label and a manager because they were having a really hard time getting the record and publishing rights to all of Kosoff's music so that they'd be able to go out and tour or tour do whatever it. Yeah, with it. Exactly, yeah. So the band decided to move on. Uh, Terry Wilson on bass, John Bundrick on keyboards, Tony Berengal, Berengal? On drums, vocalist Terry Wilson Slezard. Now, to have two guys named Terry Wilson in there, yeah. that, that was confusing the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, so, they then, re to replace uh, Paul Kosoff, they recruited a guitarist named Jeff Whitehorn to replace him, and they changed their name simply to Crawler. They did well in the U.S. and supported Robin Trower, Cheap Trick, Foreigner, and Kansas on their tours. But once those tours ended in 1978, the band folded. Yeah, they just. Um, when keyboardist John Bundrick uh, left to go work with the Who, so they had limited commercial success, uh, but did manage to chart a single, "Stone Cold Sober," which peaked at number 65 on the Billboard Top 100. This self-titled album was the first released by this iteration of the band, mm -hmm. and they all went on to work with big-name bands in the music industry. Um, so this was released in 1977. They disbanded in 78. Yeah. They only recorded two albums. Um, but they have been released, re-released two or three of, like, they've been re-released in different forms. Yeah, for sure they have, then. yeah. Now, some of the bands that these guys played with were, like, B.B. King, mm -hmm. uh, that they went on to go, B.B. Uh, King, uh, Eric Burden, um, Juice Newton, like a lot of big stars. So these band, these guys did not stop making music. No, no, it's just the, this band. This band stopped, but they yeah, continued on. Yeah, greener pastures. Yeah. So the producer of this album, the band members, and a fellow by the name of Alan Callen. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'd, I'd not be happy with my parents for doing that to me. He only had sixteen production credits to his name. All of the crawl or the crawler albums and a band called Blue Goose which was a band that he was in. Okay. Track listing, uh, side A, Without You Babe, You Got Money, Sold On Down the Line, One Too Many Lovers, and You Are My Savior. Side B, Pastime Dreamer, Never Loved a Woman, You and Me, and their hit, Stone Cold Sober. Runtime on this album, 36 minutes and 54 seconds. For context, the before album, there was none because this was their debut. Their after album was called Snake, Rattle, and Roll, released in 1978. So, yeah, um, it was kind of a weird one with this when we were listening to it, because we didn't listen to the vinyl right away. We tried to listen to it on Spotify. We were out and about doing stuff. And 
they have most of the album on Spotify. It's a, like it's a live album, so they got this, and then obviously some songs from the other album that you mentioned yeah. combined. So there's like two thirds of this album there. And what we heard listening to that, we really fucking enjoyed. They were really good live. It was kicking some ass. And, and they were living up to that hard rock, hard rock, uh, yeah, genre that they were supposed to be. And aside from a few songs, uh, "Without You, Babe," uh, "Pastime Dreamer," and I guess they're Stone Stone Cold Sober, which sounds like Stone Cold Summer when they're singing it. <laughs> um, outside of that, I don't think they are hard rock at all. No. Not heavy or hard or nothing. No. They're just like kind of like average rock. rock. They're, just, they're just rock. They're just, not hard rock. They're not hard rock. They're not. It's like kind of kind of bluesy-ish, yeah. but it's just straightforward rock. No prog about it. No, no, no. And it's disappointing too because like we had heard that live stuff and we're like, fuck yeah, this is going to be good. It'll be yeah. three. But yeah, when we start listening to this one. Now, having said that, the second side is actually really good. I, I enjoyed the second side of this album a lot more than the first, but man, she is a slow album, yeah. soft album compared to what you think it's going to be. Not as hard as we like them. No, which is a shame too, because it had the heaviest mix of the three. Like, there's just tons of bass in this, lots of low end, which is the way it should be, but then no hard rock to follow it. No. Yeah, it was fucking disappointing. No. I really didn't write much down about it because they're really... There really wasn't anything distinctive to write down about it. Nope. It's they were kind like, of like... It was like, okay. It was like a bar band. like. Yeah, no, t- typically like a, a British rock bar band, 70s bar band, totally. Yeah. And it's not saying anything negative about it, but that's just what you would expect. No, because they're all very accomplished musicians, of and, course. And like and... I said, once again, that live version we heard that was recorded, yeah. probably the bar, that was fantastic. Yeah. I would totally go see that shit. Yeah. But yeah, this album wasn't as good as that, which is disappointing. Yeah, and definitely. The so- and the songs that they chopped out of here and put on the other one, the live one, I understand why they chopped them out. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't that they good. Did, they did, well, I was going to say they didn't fit. They didn't fit. No, I agree with that. Yeah. They didn't fit and they just weren't that good. So. Well, and it sounds like they had like a really rocky, like their old, the Paul Kossoff guy had a drug problem. And, yeah. And he idolized uh, Jimi Hendrix and he kind of went down this path of destruction mm-hmm. when Jimi Hendrix died because he, you know, he took it so hard. Yeah. And he ended up dying of an embolism. Embol- oh, yeah, embolism makes sense. Embolism. Yeah. Brain, brain aneurysm. Oh, well, whatever, same thing. Uh, Something's popping in your brain. On a flight from the UK to LA. <laughs> and so uh, that's what ended up happening to, happening to him. You know, probably something to do with his habit, but... Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. You know. So it kind of left them in a really tough spot. Yeah, I mean, like they kind of did the right thing. Just try something different, shake yeah. it up a little bit, and yeah. then if it doesn't work, then like you said, they never heard for work after that. Regardless, no. they nope, all, found, all found stuff. So. Yeah, every single one of them played with very prestigious musicians Yeah, and, and, other, bands. and other bands, too, that I don't think we've covered yet, but should be coming up. One of them, one of the guys went off and played with Charlie, a band yes. called Charlie, which yeah. is there's at least two of them in there event coming up eventually. Yeah, and there was another band in there too. Oh, well, you talked about Free. Free is also coming up. Yeah, and there was one more, and I cannot remember. So we'll be talking about Paul Kosoff again. Yeah, a couple, yeah. probably a couple times. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty amazing. So, uh, Crawler, Crawler, Epic Records catalog three four nine zero zero, Canada nineteen seventy seven. This is an original, and it does have a hole punch. Condition, uh, the cover, besides the hole punch, is good. It's, it's got a little bit of wear, but spine is readable. There's no rips. It's it's solid enough. Good stuff. 
sleeve, plain paper. The vinyl is very good, in very good condition, and the audio, once again, like I said, is very, very good as well, and definitely the heaviest. Now, the Sean Phillips one was the best mix all around. Like, that was, like, closer to, like, an Alan Parsons level of mastery, but, um, oh, hold on a sec here. <laughs> They must have known we're doing our podcast. Oh, oh, the horns. We live near a fire station, if you can hear that. <laughs> okay, so anyways, where are we at here? Uh, design and illustration by Roslav Zaboy. Zaboy? I'm sorry. I can't do these. Uh, some of these. I even... I even go and like listen, not listen to them, but look at them, how it's broken down. Phonetically, Phonetically yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, my brain just is like, as soon as it sees it, it just throws away all the other information in my brain. Your brain has other wonderful things about it. <laughs> it's just not names. Uh, so, Roslav, art director, designer, 355 credits, first time on the show. It always blows my mind when we have, when somebody has that many credits and it's the first time on the show. Other credits of his include The Zombies. Johnny Cash and mm. Moth the Hoople. I love the zombies. Mm-hmm. I like I like Johnny Cash and Moth the Hoople as yes, well. Yes, me too. All good. So that's it for me. Okay. There really was nothing much. You talked about everything about this album. There's no nothing else information. No, wise. there wasn't a lot of information on this album at all. Nope. So uh, yeah, and even yeah, the last one there wasn't a lot. Yeah. Uh, so Discogs it gets rated three point four three out of five with twenty one people rating. Resale value on this album, $3.15, $5.48, and $12.07. Yeah, you know, I I was first, when we first listened to it on Spotify with those versions, I was ready to give it a hell of a lot higher than I did, but I'm going to go with a (laughs) 2.5 at best. That's what I gave it as well. Oh, is it? I was kind of, (laughs) I was kind of um, arguing with myself between 2.5 and 3. Um, but it's just. But the other two albums are just better. Yeah, better. Yeah, there's nothing about this that it's not quite the three. I know I had the same conversation to myself while we're listening to it. My brain is like fuck, because like I said, I was gonna give it three right off the top. I almost wrote three down right away, but we started listening to it. and It's like what? This isn't the hard rocks, uh, hard rocks no, I was promised. No. This isn't the stuff from the other no. album. False where, advertising. Yeah, and it's just like, and a couple of the songs really aren't. That great. Some are some are really good. But. I was kind of surprised at the hit too, Stone Cold Sober. I was yeah, expecting I was like, it to be, and it was just like, eh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the problem with this album. It's just kind of eh. yeah. So yeah, two point five. That's that's same. it. Yeah, crawler down. Same same. So I'm just going to go out on a limb for the best of the of the three. Is just going to be climax for both of us. Yeah, true. Uh, I will say though, I will say Sean Phillips is like a one B. It's right there for me. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, definitely for me too. But climax, like you said, put it on. It's because listen of the to hit. the whole. The, the, for me, it's couldn't get it right. So it's got that hit, but it's, you can also listen to the whole album, no problem. Yeah, it just, yeah there's enough. You're very right. Yeah. yeah, because when you were naming off the songs that were good, there were two of them out of the six or whatever, yeah. eight, eight, yeah, that uh, are on that album, or ten. Yeah, Mighty Fire's got some good... Nine. No, no, eight. You're 100% right. Play so there was only two that you didn't mention, and they're, yeah. they're still good. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, no, I would give it to that. It's more of a complete album than any any, any of the other, but... Uh, yeah, definitely. So there you go. Okay. All of them down. All right. Okay. Anything you want to wrap up with? Uh, Not that I can think of. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, thank you.